2: here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right back. from the handoff. Ken cuts to the left. First down and more. 30, 25, 20. Simon on his way. Ken into the end zone. Touchdown Beavers. And the streak is going to
1: Snap on target to Nick. He gets a much better punt away here. Sammy Strader back to his 30-yard line. Starts
2: up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam. 45 midfield, 45-40, he's got a chance to go. 20-15-10.
0: Welcome to Illegal Participation, the the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me from an undisclosed treetop perch in the giant redwoods of Josephine County, the lead driver and Director of Thermodynamic Lipid Immersion, my co-host and brother, The Beege. How are you doing, Beege?
1: Doing pretty good, Billy, up here on this treetop perch. It's a beautiful night.
0: Yeah, I bet. Down there in Josephine County, huh? It's stunning, really. Huh. No no lights. You can see
1: clear up in all the stars in the sky. Oh, ah,
0: nice. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah I've always moving, loved this. You're, you're moving around this state quite a bit. Dude, you have no idea how many miles I'm putting on my truck. <laughs> I bet. I bet. How's the uh, home construction going? They break ground yet? Uh, yeah, they got a big hole in the earth. Oh, good. My, my builder sent me a picture today. Oh, cool. It's like, there's your dirt. Nice. <laughs> well, the purpose of Illegal Participation is for us to spread our inside experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beaver with others, and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and kind of screw around along the way. All right, Beach, today's show, episode number 48, uh, we're going to do a little spe- beaver sports news. Uh, do you have an update from Eugene for us? I do, it's a short one this week, but yes, I do have an update. Uh, That's what your girlfriend said last week. Uh, We're also going to go under further review. Just for your knowledge, I don't have a girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go under further review for week four in the Pac-12. We're going to have a little Tommy Tuberville jackass of the week. We're going to have a preview of the week five games in the Pac-12. And then Beach, um, we're going to talk about um, kind of our USC plans. Because we will be going down to the Southland for the Beavers at USC this week. Uh, you, me, and Mateus. And so we're going to kind of talk about our plans. And then to end it all up, Beach, do you have a cheaters and horrors for us? I do have a cheaters and horrors. You know, I have enough cheaters and horrors I can take us easily through like episode 173. Nice. I'm yeah. going to definitely have to come up with a, a theme song for that then. I think a montage. Uh, yeah, a montage. I, montage. I, I used the one last week, but this this time it's going to have to be – I'm going to have to come up with a montage. It won't be this week.
1: Okay. It uh, might be next week. But maybe we can pick a different song this week.
0: Mm, I could probably do something. Huh, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll get, when I get there, we'll, we'll figure it out. Let's brainstorm that crap. Okay. All right. I just want to remind everybody, uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, the phone number is 541-207-3586. Email us, HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter. Just look for at Heinrich Tailgater, And you can also check out the Heinrich Tailgater Facebook page. Beach ready to talk about some Beaver and Pac-12 news? Let's make this happen. All right, Beach First up, women's volleyball. I love women's volleyball, Billy. It's my favorite sport. <laughs> right on. Uh, Oregon State swept the Roadrunner Classic last weekend, beating Long Beach State, Fresno State, and Bakersfield. Now the beeves will begin Pac-12 play with a trip to Eugene, Oregon to face the number 14 Ducks this Wednesday, September 24th. Now that match will air on the Pac-12 Oregon at 7:30. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. So the beeves I believe, are 11 or 10 and one now as they head into uh, Pac-12 play. So that's always good. That's pretty impressive. And then just announced. Today, Beach, after helping her team go 3 0 on the weekend and improving to 10 1 on the year, along with putting down 21 blocks in the process, Erica Nasser has been named the Pac 12 Defensive Player of the Week. Sweet. Yeah, so that's always good. Like to see those uh, accolades coming in for the uh, women. It's always good. Okay, Beach, on to women's soccer. I love women's soccer, Billy. That's my favorite sport. (laughs) All right, Beavs. The Oregon State women's soccer team played a strong contest Friday evening as it battled the University of Portland to a 0-0 draw at Polloran's Field in Corvallis. Now, the Beavs are 0-6-3 and will return to action next Friday when they open Pac-12 play by hosting number 25 Washington State. Are they not that good? I would say probably not that good. Hmm. Well, oh, it is soccer, mm-hmm. but it is your favorite sport. It is, it is. Girls in shorts. There you go. All right, Beach. Moving on to men's soccer. Yeah, it's not really a sport. <laughs> Freshman Timmy Mueller and Jordan Jones both scored as the Oregon State men's soccer team defeated Portland two to nothing Thursday evening, then beat Northwest Christian just tonight, eleven to one. That's right. I did say eleven to one. Wow. Yeah, the game was earlier this evening. Now the men's team Beach is five and one and ranked number twenty four in the latest Top Drawer Soccer rankings, which were released by that website just this morning. The Beavs Top are, drawer.
1: It's like where your socks are.
0: Yeah. yeah. You don't. That's not what you keep in your top drawer. They're under the socks. But anyway, the Beeves are also ranked number twenty three in the college soccer news poll, after coming in at number thirty last week. Um, this week they play, uh, the university of Seattle in Seattle on Friday. Okay. Nothing to add.
1: Um, I don't think so. Is there something, do I need to add something? I don't know. Leaving it out there for you. I mean, it's, it's, it's soccer. I I was, I was going to break in when you said it was freshman Timmy Mueller. I was going to go Timmy Huh, nice. I, by the time I was going to add it, it was already passed, uh-huh. and the moment was lost. So I figured I wouldn't bring it up. But since you want me to add something, that's what I would have added if I was
0: like bringing it tonight. Yeah, the moment passed, and you didn't bring it up, just no, like no. your girlfriend said last no. week. <laughs> Moving I on, I don't have
2: a girlfriend.
0: <laughs> Moving on, Beach. We've got some wrestling news. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, wrestling news. So the Oregon State wrestling team will open their 2014-15 schedule on November 9th at the annual Mike Clock Open at Pacific University in Forest Grove. Oh. Now, that's the first of a 20-event slate that concludes with the NCAA Championships in St. Louis on March 19th through 21st. Now, eight of those competitions will be at Gill Coliseum, including the Pac-12 Conference Championships. Cool. Yeah, sounds really cool.
1: Yeah, is, uh um is the competition there at, at uh Gill? Yeah. Yeah. They, um, they... Is Oregon coming to that? Uh who? Oregon. Are they gonna are they gonna take on the Beeves at Gill as well?
0: Oh uh, I I don't know Bees, let me look. Oh, oh beach? Yeah, Billy. Oregon cut their wrestling program.
1: Freaking a, that's right. <sighs> Forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause they, um, they,
0: what was their logic again behind it? They have no logic. It's all just lies and BS. Oh, okay. All right, <laughs> all right, bees. Let's move on. Uh, we got a little women's basketball news. Women's basketball. Yeah, women's basketball. The. uh Not my favorite sport. I don't like tall girls. I know. But they uh, just announced (laughs) the uh, women's basketball uh, schedule today, Beach. Um, All 18 of Oregon State's women's basketball 2014-2015 conference games will Mm -hmm. be televised on the Pac-12 networks this year. Um, How many many channels does the Pac-12 network have? Well, there's the one main channel, Mm -hmm. and then there's six sub-channels. Okay. So there's a Pac-12 Washington, a Pac-12 Oregon, a Pac-12 Bay Area, a Pac-12 Southern California, a Pac-12 Arizona, and a Pac-12 Mountain, I guess. That's like Colorado and Utah. So one of them gets national attention and the other ones are regional attention. They, they don't always have different programming, but they can. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Now, um, the 18 TV appearances, Beach, are six more than the Beavers had during the 2013-2014 regular season. Hmm. That's pretty good. And they
1: didn't have to spend a lot of money to get that advertising, to get attention. Yeah, they just get fancy uniforms or have have 7,532
0: wardrobe uh, combinations. Nope, they just had to win. Wow. Gotta watch I had solar flares on my end, so. Okay, I'm doing okay on my end. Okay, well, we had solar
1: flares over here, so. All right. Hopefully people got my my gist of what I was laying down there. I think so.
0: All right. All right. What's next? All right, Beach. Next up, um, men's basketball. And the first bit of news is uh, a little – And, little... and, and who's, who's our coach of the basketball team again? Wayne Tinkle.
1: Okay. Who's it again?
0: Wayne Tinkle. God, that
1: sounds so better than that other son of a bitch we
0: had. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, Beach. Well, we're actually going to start with a little bit of uh, sad news. Um, Paul Valenti, an Oregon State athlete – coach, administrator and goodwill ambassador for more than 70 years, died of natural causes last week. He was 94 years old. We had that moment of silence at the game, that's right. Yeah. Now, he arrived in Corvallis in September of 1938 to play basketball for the legendary coach Slats Gill after rebuffing recruiting overtures from the University of Oregon. Now, he never left Corvallis except for 3 years of military service in the US Navy during World War II. After being discharged, he returned to Corvallis to fulfill his promise to basketball coach Slatskill that he would complete his education. Shortly thereafter, he joined the athletic department at the then Oregon State College and began a career that would see him faithfully serve his beloved alma mater in a number of capacities over the next seven decades. Wow. Yeah. So he, if you ever have been to an Oregon State game, you probably saw Paul Valenti. He was going, up, he was going to athletic events up until the end. So, That's awesome. I imagine he was probably at the first uh, Beaver football game back in the end of August. So, yeah, great, uh, a great Beaver coach and just a great Beaver and just a great person. So, 94 is a good good life. Yeah, he lived a nice full life. So, all right, Beej. Um, on another note, uh, the 2014-15 uh, schedule featuring 17 games at Gill Coliseum and a new tournament in Las Vegas are highlighting the beginning of the Wayne Tinkle era for the Oregon State men's basketball team. Now, Beach, I don't know if you've heard, but uh, they're really working on trying to get people to buy season tickets this year. Okay. And so they're offering season tickets for the entire season for $199. 200 bucks. 200 bucks for 17 games. Seems like a pretty good That's deal. That's a hell of a deal. Um, last year they were up over like $365, I believe. So what they're saying yeah. is, you bought, it's 199 this year, but it's going up next year. So in other words, they, but they want to get some butts
1: in the seats. They want to this get some
0: year. butts in the seats, and they're saying, you know, this year might be a little difficult. We expect good things next year, but we want people there this year. Mm-hmm. We want to get people back. We want to get people excited for Beaver basketball. So, good. well, and Gill's a pretty small stadium, or so call us or whatever you call huh?
1: it. Um, so ultimately, uh, you're going to get a great seat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There isn't any bad seats. Unlike, right
1: the Matthew, unlike Matthew Knight Arena where you're, what, about 50, 60 yards away from the play? I don't know. <laughs> that thing is huge. Yeah. I looked at that on Google Earth and compared to the – to the uh, what was their old stadium Matt, called? Matt Court. Yeah. I mean it's like five, six times the size. Yeah, and it's
0: uh, – It's huge. That's what my girlfriend said. You don't have a girlfriend, Beach, We know you're lying. <laughs> okay, moving on to football, Beach. <laughs> Uh, we got some football news. Um, Oregon State quarterback Sean Mannion has been named one of 30 finalists for the 2014 Senior Class Award, recognizing a senior football bowl subdivision player that excels in four areas, community, classroom, character, and competition. So he's one of 30 finalists. Now, in addition to the Senior Class Award, Mannion is on the watch list for the Maxwell Award, which is awarded to the top player in the nation. The Davy O'Brien Award, which is awarded to the top quarterback, the Manning Award, which is another top quarterback, the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, which goes to another top quarterback, and the Walter Camp Award, which names the All-America team. Cool. So, yeah, he's he's out there for a lot of uh, a lot of and, end of the and, year. And also, what was that? And what did he do? We'll talk about that when we get there. Okay. All right, Beej. Okay. Oh, hey, hey, Beach. Yes. Is that your teletype up in the tree I hear behind you? It is. I like that son of a
1: bitch around everywhere. Hold on. Here, hold on. Hold on. Let me, let me rip off. Let me rip off this sucker. Hold on. Billy. Yes. This just in. Oregon Ducks take a day off after win over Washington State. It says here the Ducks' plane was delayed by 24 hours Saturday night as it was discovered that the team decided to take an extra day and enjoy eastern Washington. Huh. Said, taking in the sights and sounds and smells of Pullman, according to the athletic department's press release. Well, I do not know what they did all day in the beautiful town after uh, landing, or I don't know what they did in that beautiful town, but after landing in Eugene, the airline's janitorial staff said that it will take several days of heavy cleaning to remove the orange nacho cheese stains from the seat cushions. <laughs> did,
0: they, did they go through a whole load of Doritos on the flight back? That's what it sounds like to me. I don't
1: know. I'm just reading the press release.
0: <laughs> nice. Nice. Take time off, just enjoying the sights, the smells... Getting the munchies. I was going to say, <laughs> say not,
1: not 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 quite you know an update from Eugene, but I guess the plane landed in Eugene, yeah, yeah. so it's pretty close. There you go. Yeah, there you go. yeah, it was a stretch, but I I, I pulled it nice, off. beach. That's what she said. No. All right, <laughs> pulling it off is probably
0: what you'd be doing later. Anyway, uh, you know I don't you know I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, beach. Uh, Are we ready to go under further review for pack? Twelve week four.
2: After further review, the runner did cross the line at the and scored a touchdown.
0: Uh, yes, let's go under further review. All right, beach. So um, I've got our list here of our picks from last week, and heading into the week, you were in last place, well, third place at twenty-one okay. out of thirty-one. I was a smidge ahead of you at twenty-two out of thirty-one, and Kyle. I hate you, Kyle. Kyle was in the lead with twenty-four out of thirty-one. So I've got our picks that we laid down here last week. You ready to go through okay. those? Let's do all this. All right, Beach. So first up, all the games were on Saturday. The first game was Hawaii at Colorado. Do you remember who you picked, Beach? I was, I was, I was drunk. I don't remember. Yeah. Beach, you picked Hawaii. Kyle and I each picked Colorado, which was good for us because Junior Nelson Spruce caught a school record 13 passes for a career best 172 yards including a 71-yard touchdown in Colorado's 21-12 win over Hawaii.
1: I feel my ability my my chances of winning this season just my no, my hopes are
0: being dashed right in front of my you eyes. Never know Beach, you never know.
1: Yeah,
0: all right. Okay. Next up Beach, Utah at Michigan. Who'd you take? I think I took Utah. On this Actually, one, didn't all I? three of us took Utah, and that was good because uh, quarterback Travis Wilson returned after a frightening fall in the first half to throw a third quarter touchdown pass to Anderson, and Utah finally finished off a 26 to 10 win over Michigan on Saturday night after a lightning delay of two hours and 24 minutes. So the game was halted with 750 run remaining, and then after it resumed, nobody scored.
1: Do people stay in the stands during an lightning? No, they
0: they uh... evacuate everybody. Where do they go? Uh just they can go inside or somewhere else. They just can't like be out. They're,
1: they're just stacked up in the they're just stacked up in the concourse standing there for 2
0: hours. Correct. Wow, right. that's going to suck. Yeah. So that was kind of a mess too. Yes. Uh, this is like the third game this year I've seen delayed or one was completely canceled because of lightning. Yeah, at what point do they cancel? Um the Colorado Idaho game was canceled after the first game uh the first game of the season for both teams because mm-hmm. Uh, they just kept lightning. And every time they'd go back out in the field, looked okay, the lightning would start up again. They'd have to evacuate. Pretty soon they just said, okay, it's too late. We're not going to do this game. The bad thing is Idaho flew home and the NCAA came out and said, okay, this game is not going to be played. We've got conference games to worry about. There's no time to reschedule this. You know, there's no time for for Mm -hmm. the schools to reschedule this. So it's just going to be canceled. We're not going to do it. And so Florida said, okay, well, we're not paying you. And Idaho said, but no, we came out there to play you. You collected money from all the ticket holders because that money's non-refundable. You're going to pay us. And so they ended up having to pay him. It's kind of a chicken crap thing to do. Very much so. But anyways, uh, what, do you, what do you expect out of a team like Florida? Okay, Beach, moving on. Uh, next up was Georgia State at Washington. Do you remember who you took? Probably took uh, the Huskies because I'm a fan of the Huskies this year. Yep, all three of us took the Huskies, and that's good because Washington was outgained by Georgia State by a 231 to 73 to 73 yard margin in the first half, and Georgia State held possession for over 21 minutes as the Panthers built a 14 to 0 halftime lead. But after that, the wheels really fell off for Georgia State as the Huskies rallied back to beat the Panthers 45 to 14. Holy crap, what a hell of a second yeah, half. the Huskies looked horrible in the first half, and then in the second half, you know, they went down and scored on the opening possession, then held them to a three and out, went down and scored, kicked off, they fumbled a kickoff, and it just, yeah, it went, it went ugly after that. So all three of us picked up the win on that one. Hmm. All right, so next up, Beach, Cal at Arizona. You remember who you took? Oh, golly, did I take Arizona on this one? Yes, you did. So okay. did I. Now, did you know it was at Arizona and Arizona was doing a whiteout? So, Frick so it. their team was in dress in white and Cal was in their yellow uniforms, kind of golden uniforms, and they, mm-hmm. they was had a pretty good time with most of the people in the stands in white. So, just interesting to see the home team doing a whiteout. Mm. So. Now, did you watch any of this replay? That,
1: that would have been that would have been funny if that was
0: like in Idaho. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now, did you see any of the uh, any of this game at all? Any of the replays?
1: Not at oh, all. Oh my Sorry.
0: gosh, You might want to look this up right now. Look up, you know, Cal, Arizona, Hail Mary. So, Arizona quarterback Anu Solomon hit Austin Hill on a 47-yard Hail Mary on the game's final play. And Arizona scored 36 points in the fourth quarter to pull off an improbable 49 to 45 win over Cal. Now, Cal had a 22 point halftime lead and led 31 to 16 heading into the fourth quarter. Are you watching that now? I'm putting it on. Hold on one so second. So, Arizona went down and scored with about 350 to go. They then kicked an onside kick and recovered it. Went down and scored to go down 40. Oh, they were down by two because they missed the extra point. They went to kick off again. They onside kicked it. Cal recovered this time. Went, drove down, tried to attempt a field goal with 52 seconds left that missed. But Arizona drove down to the 47 and then threw that Hail Mary up that was caught in the corner of the end zone. Are you watching that play? Hold on. I got to get through an Applebee's commercial. Okay. Well, Beach, you and I each took Arizona. Kyle, on the other hand, took Cal. So he's getting the big no point on that one.
1: Great game, though. That oh, huh? was amazing. Amazing play. Oh, here play. it is. Here it is. Here it is. This is the final play. Yeah.
0: He kind of rolls to his right and chucks it.
1: Didn't have a whole lot of pressure.
0: Because they had a bunch of guys back there defending. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty good play, yeah. There's a lot of guys back there, too. Yeah. Yeah. He was just in the right spot. Yep. Like I said, he didn't even do a great job of catching it, because usually they tell you to try and catch it at its highest point. Uh And if you look, he catches it down by his face. I'm surprised somebody didn't try to knock it out of his hands.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, Because
0: you want to catch it high. You don't want to catch it low.
1: Yeah. Uh But he was just right right in the spot, and everybody else was around him. Yep.
0: Beautiful play. So uh, Arizona got the win. Congratulations to Arizona. Bear down. Bear down. There you go. All right, Beach. Uh, the next game that was coming up was Oregon at Washington State. Who'd you take? Uh, Oregon at Washington State. I took Oregon. We all did. Um, and Marcus Mariota threw for 329 yards and five TDs to stay in contention for the Heisman Trophy as Oregon held off Washington State 38 to 31. Now I heard he got knocked on his
1: ass a yes, few times. Yes,
0: Mario Tom completed 21 of 25 passes without an interception and also run ran for 50, 50 58 net yards despite being sacked seven times. That just tells
1: you. Does that mean that well, uh, he's he's getting slower, or does I don't that know. mean his line isn't blocking well, right, I, the, or did okay. Washington State just have a great uh, defense? Okay,
0: we'll talk about this game a little bit. So we all got that pick right. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, Oregon's kind of soft. That, That's what your wife said last night. That, that, uh, that offensive line is really beat uh-huh. up. Both tackles that are starting right now are non-scholarship players. Really? Yes. And that line's really beat up. The other thing,
1: I, I, Billy, Billy, does Oregon still not talk about injuries? They don't
0: talk about injuries at all. Okay. The other thing is. And, and this is something I've just noticed, and I noticed this at the at the Michigan State game I was at a couple weeks ago, and I mentioned it to a couple of Duck friends that I have, and they were kind of like dismissive of it. I do not see them calling many designed runs for Marcus. Now, he did have 58 net yards in this, but a lot of mm-hmm. it was on one play that was kind of a broken play where he scampered. I don't mm-hmm. see them calling many designed runs for him. Now, they're trying to I don't him. know if they're trying to protect him or if it's a lingering issue from last year's injury to his ankle. I don't know. But the one thing they did do in the second half of this game against Washington State is they started rolling Mariota out on some rollouts and some sprint outs to try and move the pocket over mm-hmm. try and give him more yeah. time, and that did help. Um, but uh, I just, to me, he doesn't. He's still throwing the ball well, and now he completed mm-hmm. 21 to 25 passes, although I was talking to somebody else. He's hitting wide-open receivers. It's not yeah. like he's – part of that, the teams they've played have been really burned by that offense. And so mm-hmm. he's hitting guys that are wide-open. Are, are, there,
1: are, there, are there defensive guys just not fast enough to keep up with They're receivers? just getting
0: confused, okay. which, you know, great for Oregon. But that being said, it's not like he's laying passes in there. Or, I mean, he's hitting guys that are wide-open. Yeah. Is Oregon doing pick plays or are they oh, just... Oh, they always do pick plays. A lot of teams will do run some kind of pick play. Oregon's very good at running pick plays, which are illegal, yes. But they're very good at running them. Do refs ever call every that? Every once in a while. I saw one called the other day because when the guy ran down... I think they called it on the beeves And it was a little chippy. It was in uh, Hawaii. Okay. It, to me, it didn't look like a... Eh, you know, it's one of those things, whatever. You get caught every once in a while. Everybody okay. runs it. Um, okay. Now, the other thing is, to me, that defense is soft. I don't think that front seven, the down linemen and linebackers, Mm -hmm. I don't see anyone that comes up and delivers a blow. I don't see any big hitters out there. Now, did uh,
1: did Washington State get sacked at all?
0: A couple times. um, But, you know, Halliday still threw for over 400 yards. Seven sacks is a pretty – It's a lot. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. So I wonder what's going to happen when they play a really good defense like Stanford.
1: Hmm. Or or happen? UCLA. When do those games happen?
0: Um, soon. The UCLA game soon. Okay. So, because them playing UCLA, it'll be interesting. It was interesting to see. Um, that being said, I think they're vulnerable. They're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: I would agree. And you know, the the thing, and it's it's frustrating me because I don't feel anybody's taken advantage of it in the last couple of years. But when you see a team that has success against them, like Washington State, you just hope that the next team coming around
0: takes a look at that. Oh, I'm sure they do. Everybody does. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so. so we all got points there, beach moving on to our last game of the day, San Diego state at Oregon state. <sighs> it's a pretty good game. Yep. And of course, across the board, we all took the bees, which is good because Sean Mannion threw for 275 yards to set a new Oregon state record for passing and led the Beavers to a 28 seven victory over San Diego state. Now, Mannion's 275 passing yards gave him 11,339 for his career, putting him in front of Derek Anderson atop the Beavers' career list. And that moved him into third on the Pac-12 all-time list behind USC's Matt Barkley, who had 12,327, and fellow Trojan Carson Palmer, who had Hmm. 11,818. I would say that Carson Palmer also played four and a partial seasons. Mannion has played two and a partial. Two and a partial or three and a partial. Well, this is his third and a partial season. His really? well, you gotta remember his sophomore year was cut short with injury. Okay he missed, he missed a number of games. He missed four or five. And he's only played three games this year. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: if you want to say he's played three years, so he's whereas been Palmer was Palmer much. was a four year starter and actually one year he played three games and got hurt in his fourth and got a red shirt.
1: Okay, so, so Manion's really got some numbers going yeah,
0: on. Yeah, so he's wow. he's less than 1,000 yards behind Barkley at this point, which at the rate he's going will be about three games. So wow. yeah, I would expect him to have thirteen or 14,000 yards by the time the season's over, total.
1: Awesome. So, all right, Beach. Never, keeping fingers crossed, he stays yes, healthy. Yes,
0: exactly. All right, Beach, so uh, after this week's games – Uh, You are in third place at 26 out of 37. I have moved up to 28 out of 27. Or 37. Excuse me, 28 out of 37. And Kyle is still in the lead at 29 out of 37. So I went perfect this week. I was 6 for 6. So. Kiss my ass. (laughs) All right, Beach. Let's talk about the Pac-12 in the polls. Okay. Um, polls were released yesterday. Uh, the AP has Oregon at number two. U- again. U- again at number two. Oregon is always number always two. Always number book, two. I know. Yeah. UCLA is at number 11. Arizona State at number 15. Stanford at 16. USC at 18. And then in the others receiving votes category, you have Utah, Washington, arizona and oregon state and then in the usa today poll beach oregon is at number four Mm -hmm. ucla at 10 arizona state at 12 stanford at 14 usc at 22 and then washington arizona oregon state and utah in the others receiving votes category so and which one matters uh, what do you mean? As far as the polls go, they're just both polls. I mean, because ultimately we're gonna go to the playoff thing. Yeah, I I don't yeah. care. Win the Pac-12. Yeah, win yeah. the Pac-12. That's what I care about. Okay. All right, Beach. It is time for one of your favorite segments. It's time for the Tommy Tuberville.
2: What do you think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs>
0: jackass of the week word. Every week we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And in this one, Beej, we're going to talk about it because I'm not sure who we're going to give it to. It's okay. an interesting situation. It's a tie? Well, it's it's an interesting situation. So Beej, have you heard, of course, of Florida State's Heisman winning quarterback, Jameis Winston? He won the Heisman last year, helped okay. him win the national championship. So he's okay. had some issues, and that's to put it mildly.
1: Oh, so, last, is he last the one that year, I've seen an
0: interview on? Last year, he was investigated for sexual assault, was, was ultimately never charged. Okay. Went on to win the Heisman. Then he also plays on the baseball team. During baseball season last year, he was arrested for stealing $32 worth of crab legs from a supermarket. He yes, literally yes. walked in, grabbed the crab legs, and walked out the door. Then he said, oh, I forgot to pay for him. Okay. Now, just last week, a situation rose where he was in the student union. I don't know what they call it there at, at Florida State. Yeah. And was on his on a cell phone or uh computer or something watching an internet video. Now, this is a viral internet video. And started out um, – have you ever seen news bloopers that they put on YouTube, like news bloopers for the week? So they find like local yeah. news and yeah. people script. screw Yeah. So what somebody did was they took a news blooper where they were in the studio and the lady threw it out to the person in the field. Something happened and then they had to throw it back to her and she goes, sorry, we had technical difficulties, yada, yada, yada. But what they did was they cut out the actual technical difficulties part in the middle of the video. So the actual part where they went out to the field okay. and they yeah. cut in their own segment where it looks kind of like a young reporter who's out on assignment and he's standing out there and he's kind of got his hand up to his ear like he's holding his earpiece in. He's got his microphone like he's talking to somebody back in the van or in the studio, right? Yeah. So in the, in the yeah. actual news segment, she goes, we're going to go talk to so-and-so who is at the scene of the disappearance of the 20-year-old woman. Cuts to the guy, and of course he stands. He's like, "What?" He's got the microphone. He's like, "What?" Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'd effer. Oh yeah, oh yeah, when they find her, I'd effer. Oh yeah, I'd effer right in the lady bits, right? And he kind of makes this uh-huh. motion, and then it cuts back to the lady. She goes, "Oh, obviously we're having technical difficulties. It's kind of funny, right? It's mm-hmm. it's yeah. kind of funny. Is it juvenile and you know very sophomoric? Oh hell yeah. But who dick and fart jokes always go over well with boys. exactly, and they still do. I'm 41, I laugh at the damn things, you know. Every guy does. Mm-hmm. They what they've done is some other people have taken that kind of formula and used uh, actual news bloopers and cut in their own segment. But they use a guy who's got a mustache, he kind of wears a hoodie, this gray hoodie, and he walks up and they're like, Okay, we're going to go out to so and so in the field who's at the scene of the accident, right? And so. They're like, oh, we're here talking with, you know, Mr., you know, Colin Maxwell, who saw the accident. Mr. Maxwell, mm-hmm. what'd you see? And he'll start going, Well, yeah, I saw it happen, and yada 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 yada. And then I'd effer right in the P, you know, and he makes a little motion. And then it cuts back, Oh, sorry, we're having technical difficulties. So that's what this video is. Okay? It's a viral internet okay. video that's just silly, stupid, and sophomorically funny. Anyway, so in the video, or in the in the student union, they're watching the video. This is like any of these viral videos, though. One person does it, and then 50,000 people copy exactly. it. But, the, I mean, it's kind of funny. So anyways, yeah. so they're, he's in there watching the video, probably with a bunch of buddies. As that part comes up, he jumps up on the table and, and says the punchline, right? Okay. So a bunch of people in there heard it. They tweet it out. Oh, my gosh. And people call him Famous Jameis. So they're like my first run-in with Famous Jameis, and he yelled blah, blah, blah. Right in the thing, right? So this gets out. Of course, certain people, and I haven't heard anyone that was there actually in the student union, haven't heard anyone that said they got offended there. Mm -hmm. But this is kind of a thing in our culture where people get offended on behalf of others, right? It's like, I wasn't there to be offended, but I'm offended for other people that might have been there. And so all this hoo-ha broke out about this, and... Suspended him for the first game, first half of their game against number 22 Clemson. So number one Florida State's played number 22 Clemson. They don't have their Heisman Trophy winning quarterback there because he said some kind of obscene thing, which, who cares? People are saying, well, you can't conduct yourself like that. Who cares? You're getting, you're getting, you're getting disciplined for, for basically saying something that. People didn't like well tough noogies, you know. I, I just don't understand that. Now people can.
1: Yeah, you know this, this. This falls to my my view of freedom of speech. Just because you don't like it, doesn't mean a person doesn't have the right exactly. to say it. And it can be something as trivial as what he did, or it can have very major huge significance on on the on a political yeah. spectrum. But who are you to judge what what you. What is right and yeah. what is wrong? It's not well, your choice and this, to judge. It let the audience listen and let the audience make their decision, but don't ban him or well, penalize him for and what he so said.
0: This kind of brings up the point too of what's going on in the NFL right now. Now, I'm not going to mm-hmm. condone any of these things these NFL players are doing. Obviously, um, it's pretty pathetic. You don't uh, people are like, well, you shouldn't hit women. Well, you know what? You shouldn't hit anybody, right? You shouldn't hit anybody, especially women. So I don't, I don't understand.
1: But, but. but. Also, people are innocent until proven guilty. And and just because there's a video out there or an audio tape or pictures, you know what? You weren't there. You you didn't see it. There's other things that that you might have not seen in the the context of what what, uh, the press is choosing to show show you.
0: My point about that is it's a civil matter. It really has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with anybody else. It's a civil matter. Now, I also understand the position that the that the NFL is in because they have to protect their brand. Right. Mm-hmm. But now when they announced that Roger Goodell, who's the commissioner of the NFL was going to have the press conference last Friday to talk about, you know, the issues going on in the NFL. I looked at somebody and I said, watch over half of those reporters in that room will be women because mm-hmm. they're trying to set them up. And sure enough, there was probably 60 to 75% of the reporters in that room were women. Most of the people mm-hmm. that are interested in in this part of this of what's going on aren't even football fans. They don't even care about that. What they care about is solely in the name of the NFL and taking on this, you know, male dominated institution. Which to yeah. me is pathetic. I, to me it's the same thing that's going on here with Winston. Well, he said something that was offensive to women. Well, so who cares? He's mm-hmm.
1: a women say things to me that yeah, I find
0: yeah like no don't fancy. touch me there quit it you make me feel icky anyways <laughs> shouldn't make fun of that but but uh, but we should because you know what it's our right that we can do that um kind of on a completely tangent thing you know uh, we were talking about the other day Beach you know what Joan no, we should. It's, it actually proves a point. When Joan the point. Rivers died, proves a point. I, I felt kind of bad. I don't. I'm not a big Joan Rivers fan, but my wife watched that show, Fashion Police, every Friday evening, and eight months out of the year, and except during football season. I don't really care what we watch. We can watch whatever she wants because during football season, you know, we're gonna watch football. I, I was never a Joan Rivers fan, but watching that show, I really got to appreciate the fact that, kind of like South Park, she could say the most atrocious offensive, nasty things, and people let it go because she'd earned that right. But that, that's kind of the point. is In this country, you mm-hmm. have the right to say whatever the hell you want. If you don't like it, don't listen. If mm-hmm. you don't like it, walk away. But mm-hmm. I, I just find it funny that, that... But don't prevent that person from saying yeah. what they
1: feel they need to say because ultimately my, 90% of it's crap, but 10% of it
0: out there may be yeah, important. I agree. So it just it makes me laugh because... I just I find what Winston said, who cares? Now, some people might say that it's kind of the culmination of all the other issues he's had because they ended up suspending him for the whole game. So he didn't play at all in the game out of pressure from the media because the media goes, well, really? You're only going to suspend him for a half? Really? You think that's appropriate? And there was all these things from the media. And I'm like, you know what, media? Screw you. When did you guys become the arbiters of things? Just like the mm-hmm. same crap with the NFL. So I guess that's who we're going to give this jackass of the week award to, Beach. The media. Because for some reason, they've become the arbiters of truth. Which I I don't know when this happened. But supposedly they're the ones that are supposed to tell us what what, what is right and what is wrong.
1: What we're supposed to think, not, not to uh, come to the conclusions exactly. on our own.
0: So because of this, I just made the decision that we're giving this week's Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week Award to the media. Screw you, sports media. Yeah, There you go. I like that one. Well, it just just irritated me. I mean, the more I heard about it, I'm like, why he's getting suspended for saying that because of that? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So, anyways, Beach, cool. Um. Now it's the time of the show where we do our AC/DC musical interlude. Now we're we're okay. moving chronologically through the discography of AC/DC. And Beach, we are up to the final album with the late lead singer of AC/DC, Bon Scott. His final album, Highway to Hell. Mm-hmm. Now, Beach, uh, you and I talked about it. I I I personally think one of the best album covers. Oh, ever. I agree. I agree. Great album cover. Great album. I love almost every song in this album. It's one album I can put in oh, and listen yeah. to the whole thing. Totally. So um, you and I had to talk about it, and uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways we could have gone. We could have gone with the with the first song, Highway to Hell. Great song. Mm-hmm. I'm also mm-hmm. a big fan of If You Want Blood. Gr- okay. uh Great song. But uh,
1: F- F- After every time a girl shoots me down for a date, I, I play
0: Shot Down in Flames at 11 on the radio. There you go. That's another great song. Uh-huh. Oh, great. But, uh, I think, Beach, you and I decided on the uh, final song on the album, Night Prowler. Yes. You anything to add
1: about Night Prowler? You know, I actually have a couple things to add. I kind of knew you would. <laughs> okay, so um, this was interesting. Highway to Hell uh, was, I'm just going to read this thing off of Wikipedia here. It says, Highway to Hell was the first ACDC album not produced by Harry Vonda and George Young. Uh, I'm guessing George Young was Uncle. one of. uh Yeah. Uh, said pre-production started uh, in January 1979. Uh, Actually, I
0: think George Young might have been an older brother.
1: Okay. Uh, But they intended to use a producer named Eddie Kramer, but they fired Kramer before a single track had even been completed. And instead, they brought in Robert John Mutt Lang. And a lot of you guys might know Mutt Lang. Uh, He was the wife or he was the husband to – Oh, help me Shania hear Twain. Billy. Uh, Shania Twain. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he cheated on her. The and fool. The, well, and the, the messed but... up
0: part about that little side note. So the woman that he cheated on Shania Twain with, she was married. And her husband is now Shania Twain's husband.
1: Yeah. So he kind of did like yeah, wife kind swap. of. But uh, anyway, Mutt Lang actually has a lot more. He was uh, influential on uh, Def Leppard's oh, yeah. albums. I mean this is where Mutt Lang got his start was like ACDC, Def Leppard, became a huge music producer and ultimately uh, produced Shania Twain. I think I think that's where they met is he produced Shania Twain's album. Yeah, he
0: produced like the uh, – I don't know what album it is, but like with like Man, I Feel Like a Woman. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: anyway, so just a little bit uh, there and uh, let's see what else did I have. There was that. I didn't – sorry, I didn't print okay. this out. Um, but, uh, anyway, the big controversy of this, and actually I'm going to jump ahead a little bit away from this, this okay. album. So in June of 1985, a highly publicized murder case began revolving around Richard Ramirez, who was responsible for several brutal killings in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. uh, nicknamed the night stalker. Ramirez was a fan of ACDC, particularly the song night prowler. And uh, police also claimed that Ramirez was wearing an ACDC shirt and left an ACDC hat at one of the crime scenes. And during the trial, Ramirez often muttered hail Satan and showed off the pentagram carved into his palm. Uh, this brought extremely bad publicity to ACDC is the stupid thing is, so the the guy listens to ACDC. Well, what happened was they didn't find him yet. They found a uh, ACDC hat at the scene of one of mm-hmm. his crimes. So they try to find this guy and, The police brought out the hat saying kind of like, do you know anybody who has worn an Mm ACDC hat? You know, it's fine trying to get a lead on this guy. And ultimately, again, the press, instead of going with the idea of, you know, have you seen this guy who was wearing an ACDC hat? They start taking it down because they got too much time on their hands because they have way too much news to fill in. And they can't give you any quality information. They'd rather give you drama. And so they end up doing all this research on the evils of ACDC and rock music and how it influences people. Mm -hmm ultimately missing the whole point of what the police were trying to do, which was to find a freaking criminal. Um, they, they go down the total wrong road. They, they they isolate ACDC from their fans, you know, upset ACDC all the heck because they had nothing to do with this, you know? Uh, absolutely nothing. All they do is make music and make people happy. And actually, if you read stories, Angus Young is one of the most uh, nicest Genuine rock and roll guys out there. They say that if you get a chance to go back uh, and see him at a concert, he will not leave until he has signed everybody's autograph, you Mm -hmm. know, has signed everybody's, anybody who wants an Mm -hmm. autograph. Um, He does not leave until everybody's happy. I mean, very genuine, nice guy. And I think the whole band has been that way. I mean, they know where their success lies and it's from the fans. Anyway, um, uh, the band maintained the, that the song uh, Night Prowler, which you're about to listen to, uh, it's not about going and being a prowler. It was actually about a boy sneaking into his girlfriend's bedroom at night while her parents mm, were
0: sleeping. Which is but, what uh, ACDC's song would be about.
1: Exactly, because they're all about the uh, the innuendo and the all that kind yep. of good stuff. So, Anyway, uh, for your listening pleasure, here is Night Prowler we we'll
0: all right beach and uh i hope everyone heard at the end of that song bon scott's little homage to robin williams and his then current tv character mork uh from mork and mindy where he says Nanu, nanu.
1: you know the, the interesting that is the final words spoken by bon scott on that album ultimately being his last yep. album
0: yep 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 so yes because uh That came out in 79, and uh, sometime in early 1980, he uh, would go out and get drunk. His friends took him back to his house. They were actually getting ready to record a new album, and they left him in his car uh, overnight and sometime during the night, because Bon Scott was a a partier. He liked to drink a lot, and uh, some night he uh, aspirated on his vomit and died. That would have been uh, February nineteenth, nineteen eighty. So just as they were getting ready to to uh, work on a new on a new album. So, anyways, all right, Beach. Well, uh, we come back next. Uh, we will have to talk about. Uh, sure, he was only twenty. Uh, how old was he? wasn't very old.
1: Uh, oh, born in forty six. So. So
0: he was. So he was here, thirty. Mm
1: Thirty-four.
0: Wow, thirty-three. So, anyways, so when we come back next, we will be hearing uh, next week. We will be hearing from um, the new lead singer of ACDC, Brian Scott. So, all right, Beach. No, it wasn't Brian Scott. It was Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. All right, Beach. So, uh, you had something else to add? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I'm done. All right, Beach. Uh, moving on. We will start to look at week five preview in the Pac-12. I've got Kyle's picks here. Uh, my picks are ready. Are you ready to go?
1: You know, I just play it by your All Billy. Right, Beach. We'll see if I can catch so up. So the
0: first game is Thursday night. Battle of top 15 teams. Number 11, UCLA at number 15, Arizona State. Um, I'm going to take,
1: uh, UCLA on this one. Are you? I don't see,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah. And it looks like, uh, Arizona state might be without their quarterback too. Uh, both quarterbacks were hurt, but, um, uh, it looks like Hundley's going to be starting. I think he'll be back. I don't know if Kelly's going to be back. So Kyle's taking Arizona state. You're taking UCLA. Mm-hmm. I too am going to take UCLA. I think that defense is too good. Mm-hmm. So All right, moving on. The next games will all be on Saturday, September twenty-seventh. Uh, does Oregon have a buy yes, this Oregon week? Oregon has a bye. Yeah, they will okay. be playing Thursday next week against Arizona. Both those teams have buys. Okay. Okay. So next up, Colorado at California. Um
1: Colorado won last week. Cal's not that good still. But it's at Cal.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with Cal on this one. I, too, am going with Cal. Kyle says, Cal's defense sticks around for the fourth quarter. Toast Cal's win by pouring a beer in your eye. So, hopefully they stick I, around I, for all. Oh,
2: gotcha, it took me a second for Hopefully that they stick
0: around for all 15 minutes of the fourth quarter. And then, yes, pouring a beer in Oski's eye. So, yes, that was a throwback to Oski there.
1: That was episode what? That something? was
0: episode like 15 or something. <laughs> I was back. For the people that don't know, Oski the bear is Cal's uh, kind of quirky queer, quirky, costume mascot. and
1: And, and- – he he doesn't he walks around like an old yes, man
0: and he's he's got a certain walk that he does and he has the ability to put a str- big long tube out his eye and drink a beer because there is an on campus <laughs> bar there at Cal called the Bear Den and Oski has been known to drink a beer through his eye hole so <laughs> I guess it's better than other holes wow. Oh wow! Okay,
1: go All on. Right.
0: Thank you for All that, right. Kyle. Uh, moving on, Beach. Next up, there's only a fanful of games this week. Stanford at Washington.
1: I'm I'm gonna go with the Huskies on this one. Really? I am. I I think I think the Huskies are better than what people realize, and I think going up there to Seattle, I think uh, the home
0: field advantage is gonna pay off for them. <sighs> So, Okay, up. Kyle says, uh, another upset for Stanford in Seattle, Huskies. I'm going against you two. I'm taking Stanford up there. They've had a week off to rest up and prepare. And the Huskies, even though they put up 45 points last week, have not impressed me at all this year, at all. So I'm taking Stanford. All right, there's, there's one difference for the week. Well, you and, well, I guess we've got a couple there. All right, moving on, Beach. Washington State at Utah. Who you got? I'm taking Utah on this one. Uh, you're taking Utah, all right. Kyle says, Utes play a more aggressive defense. Four plus turnovers, Utes win. I, too, am taking Utah. Utah's looking pretty good this year, actually. I think this is the first year in the Pac-12 where they look like they can make some noise. So Mm -hmm. all all three of us taking Utah. All right. They've brought the game up. And the final game of the week, Beach, Oregon State going to the Southland, playing at USC. Who you got?
1: And and Oregon State has not won at the Coliseum since the Eisenhower administration. Is that what I heard? Wow. Well, I think this year's the year. I'll take Oregon
0: State. Okay, Kyle says, Beavs show why the Pac-12 North is so tough, as long as Mannion doesn't throw more than one interception. Beavs win. I, too, am taking the Beavs, Beach. Have we ever not taken the Beavs? Never. Kyle did a couple times, (laughs) and we gave him crap for it. And if he ever does, I'll probably punch him right in the nuts. But anyways. So, all right. Yeah, Beach, so... They have not won down there since 1960. Like you said, the Eisenhower administration. To me, it's the last monkey on the beaver's back. So the the, the, the big one one. was, the first one was obviously the 28 losing seasons in a row. Mm -hmm. They broke that. Um, Then it was Mm -hmm. winning a bowl game. They broke that. It was beating USC period, which they did in 2000 up in. How long, how long was it that we didn't beat um, USC? They'd beaten USC back in like uh, 67 66 somewhere in there. That was the year the three nothing victory over number one USC. Uh, Jess Lewis catching OJ Simpson from behind, saving the touchdown. Okay. Yeah, so that was the last time they yeah. beat him. So they beat him in 2000, um, which had been what I think 33 years at that point. Mm-hmm. So, but this is this is the last one. You know, another one of the monkeys they had to get off their back was actually beating Arizona State in Phoenix or in Tempe, which they've done now a number of times. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this is it, really. To me, this is the last monkey, the last, you know, the last hanger-on of that 28 years of horrible ineptitude. So, mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to go down, Beege. I mean, we we got pretty good airfare going down, and mm-hmm. I'm like, the Beeves are going to win down there sometime. I bet it's going to be this year, and I freaking want to be there when they do it. So that's half the reason why I kind of looked at going down. So, Sweet. So yeah, so just to talk about the game a little bit. We are going down to the Southland for the uh, mm-hmm. for the game. Um, we won't talk about USC because we've done that in, in games past or in years past. Uh, mm-hmm. We've talked about the university and the Trojans and their stupid songs they play all the time. Uh, but we will be going down. We're flying in Friday morning to Long Beach. And on Friday, we're going to go over to Disneyland for the day. So it'll be you, me, and Mateus representing uh-huh. the Heiner Tailgater. And yep. uh, got some plans Friday. So if anyone's in the area or wants to hang out, um, we'll be in Disneyland on Friday. You can give me a a text at 541-990-1231. Give me a text. Maybe we'll get together and do something. But we'll be in Disneyland on Friday. And then Saturday, Beach, we don't totally know exactly what we're going to do. Um, yeah, the, the game's a late night game. 7.30 game, game yes. So you wanted to go to Philippe's original, which is yes,
1: an, that's always that's that's been on my bucket list for quite a few years Been on my now.
0: list, too. And it is one of it's the place where the French dip was originated.
1: I always find it funny how all these things that are American by name we give credit to other countries, yeah, the French for. Dip, yeah. you know, yeah, or, or fortune cookies yeah. or the English muffin. Yeah. You know, the English muffin was invented by yeah. Americans. Yeah, and everybody's like, oh, I love it when you read a package. It's like from an original English recipe. That's a lie.
2: That's
0: <laughs> a, a GD yeah. lie right there. So we probably will be getting to Philippe's uh, early in the day to get some lunch. And then we'll be tailgating somewhere around the yeah. uh, stadium there with USC fans. Now, anyone that's and – I, And I heard it's being catered Chipotle, by Chipotle. Yes, so, pretty so we're going to have Chipotle. This. I know you're a big – when Matt told me that, I'm like, oh, Beach is going to be happy. He loves him some Chipotle. I do. So, yeah, so we're going to be going down there. Give us give us a text, and maybe we can hook up. Now, I don't know if anyone's ever – we've been down to a game at USC before. But quite frankly, USC is in a not nice part of town. Mm-hmm. And the Coliseum is in a very not nice part of town. So I just tell people if you're going down there, stick together, stay on lit streets, and just watch out for yourself. When we were down mm-hmm. there before, there was a, a police helicopter – which some people like to refer to as a ghetto bird, flying around outside the stadium with its spotlight, looking for somebody literally right outside the stadium. So hopefully that doesn't happen this year. But hopefully also the Beeves come out with a win. Yeah. All right, Beach. So that's enough talking about us going down there. Uh, I think it's time for uh, the final segment today, Beach, which you are going to do. It's your uh, cheaters and horrors section. She's just a
2: girl. She's a ball. She's a ball. Okay, you ready
0: for this one, Billy? I'm I'm sitting on pins and needles now. Okay,
1: we're going to take this one all the way back to 2002. Mm -hmm. Really? Uh, This is going to be the the 2002 Winter Olympics figure skating scandal. Oh, wow, okay. Do do you recall this one? Okay, so some of this is new to me because I didn't pay much attention, but but anyway, so here I go. You ready? So I don't view figure skating as a sport. I'm not saying it doesn't involve talent or skill or athleticism, but it's hard to define a sport when the competitors do completely
0: different routines and expect to be judged without passion or prejudice. It's also to me, Beach, side note, it's like a recital. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. you go out, you practice the same routine, and then you go out and do it for the judges. It would be just like mm-hmm. if you were judging a piano competition. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it doesn't take skill. I'm not saying it doesn't take athleticism. But to me, it's not a sport. There's no head-to-head yeah. competition.
1: No, no. And, and 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 how can you do something when things are – I mean, I would even accept it like in a piano recital if you're playing the same exactly. song. Exactly you know, or, or whatever, but you're doing two completely different routines with different everything, you know, not even the same, um, level of skill depending on how the person lays it out. But anyway, let's, let's go on here. Yeah. So, uh, today's cheaters and whores is, is not about the validity of figure skating. It's about cheaters and whores. So, um, uh, I, and again, uh, my favorite uh, Olympic sport is actually beach volleyball. That's mine. But uh, we're going to move on to, uh, to uh, Winter Olympics here. So as you can probably guess, the Russians have always dominated the figure skating competition. 2002 was no different. However, the Canadian team of Jamie Soleil and David Pelletier brought their A game. While well, in the short program, Saleh and Palatier had tripped and fallen on their closing pose. The fall was not an element and therefore did not receive a deduction. But some felt that it still marred their performance, and ultimately their point total came in slightly behind the Russian pair of Elena – I'm going to murder this freaking name mm-hmm. – Bresnaya uh, mm-hmm. and Anton Sikharulidze. <laughs> Okay, I mean, I can't even freaking – I don't even know how you can put those consonants together. It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, but so there's two parts. So that was – then on the free skate portion, this is where it kind of gets dirty. So in the free skate portion, uh, the, the Russians made a minor yet obvious technical error when the one that starts with an S stepped out of the double axle. Meanwhile, Saleh and Pelletier opted to skate to Love Story. A, this goes back to your comment of being mm-hmm. a recital, Billy. Uh, a free skate program they had used in previous seasons that had been well-received at the Grand Prix Final, uh, final before the Olympics. Uh, they skated a flawless program, albeit one that some experts consider to be a lesser difficulty than the Russians. Soleil and Palatier received 5.9s and 5.8s for technical merit, while the Russians received mostly 5.8s and 5.7s. However, the Canadians received only four 5.9s for presentation, versus the Russians' seven. Uh, presentation was weighted more heavily than technical merit, so the Canadians had needed at least five 5.9s in presentation to overtake the Russians for first. Since they did not receive that many, the Russians took the like how I changed that just to mm-hmm. the Russians took the gold, uh, took the gold, and the Canadians won the silver. The voting – this is where it gets Mm -hmm. interesting. The voting was split with the judges from Russia, the People's Republic of China, Poland, Ukraine, and France placing the Russians first. Judges from the US, Canada, Germany, and Japan gave the event to the Canadians. The Canadian press and public were outraged by the result. The American press uh, was uh, quick to take up the cause of the Canadian pair. Mm -hmm. Uh, NBC in particular continued to play up the story and advocate for the Canadians' cause. The International Skating Union decided to do an internal investigation on the situation. France was the obvious oddball in the first group, and and actually, when just confronted and questioned by mm-hmm. it, the French judge Marie Renee Legunet, mm-hmm. I think, French chick. Uh, yeah, some French chick broke down, claiming that the French skating Federation had pressured her to vote for the Russians, regardless of what actually happened. Uh, this was a tit for tat agreement that they would uh, have seen votes come for the French ice dancing competitors competing a few days later. Can you believe this crap? I mean, you know here you're supposed to be in a in a competition, a, a global competition to have the best people show their mm-hmm. skills. And ultimately you got a bunch of cheaters and yeah. whores that that don't give a damn about letting the people win who deserve to win, but ultimately about financial gain or, or glory that is undeserved. Mm-hmm. So anyway, on February fifteenth, the International Olympic Committee announced that Cele and Palatier's silver medals would be upgraded to gold. Uh-huh the Russians were to keep their gold medals as well since there was no evidence of wrongdoing on their part. Four of the nine judges on the panel felt they deserved it. Both pairs' point totals were thrown out. uh, For the first time in history, the awarding ceremony was repeated. um, And I believe it was the – I want to say the Chinese came in third place, and they refused to show up for the the, uh, second Mm award ceremony. So just the the Russians and the Canadians both all accepted their gold medals. So – and then on April 30th of 2002, Legonnet and uh, another French dude, Gal Huguet <laughs> – I have no idea, dude. I'm not yeah. French. I barely do German. Um, uh, he was the head of the French skating organizations, were suspended by the International Skating Union for three years and barred from the 2006 Winter Olympics for their roles in the scandal. Although at least one eyewitness to Legon's outburst in the hotel lobby reported that she had specifically confessed to a deal with the Russians. Uh, they claimed there was no evidence that the Russians were involved in the incident, and so the uh, International Skating Union never made any serious investigation of the alleged involvement. So they kind of let it die with the French. They didn't go after the Russians, okay? But that's not where it ends. On July 1st of 2002, Russian organized crime boss – again, freaking Russians – Alamizan Tokahunov – it almost sounds Japanese Mm -hmm. – was arrested arrested by authorities in Venice on U.S. charges that he masterminded the fix. So this actually goes not only just for like the the Russian Olympics committee, you know, well, we'll take gold and we'll let you take gold, Mm -hmm. you know. This goes all the way up to a crime boss in Russia who ultimately probably set it up to gamble or win money, you know, gain financially from the thing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, but the U.S. charged him for masterminding the fix. Uh, he was released from Italian police custody without being charged amidst attempts to have him extradited to the United States. So unfortunately, they never uh, they never mm-hmm. got it done. But it certainly tells you how dirty the Olympics is. I mean it really gives me kind of a different view of, of that competition.
0: Yeah. Huh.
1: Um, so, um, there you have it, even cheaters and whores in the world of figure skating. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, and I thought the only dirty whore in figure skating was Tonya Hardy.
0: That's a whole nother cheater and whore, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right.
1: (laughs) So anyway, so that's all I got, Billy. Hopefully that was entertaining for everybody. It was
0: great. I don't know if many people remembered that.
1: You know, I, you know, again, a lot of these things I don't pay attention to. So when I when I start reading, I'm going, "Wow, this is really fascinating." Mm-hmm. All right, be it's a good one. Or, you know, or, or you get the surface. You know, again, you get what the again, you get what the uh, jackass of the week tells you uh, to believe. As as far as as uh, you know, what they want to lead you to believe, instead of actually digging into the deeper facts of the case. Because once they get their soundbite, they're pretty much done. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Are you there? Yeah, so, you know, I mean, they would say, oh, you know, the, the Canadians got screwed. But they they never went in deeper onto the fact that the
0: uh, Russian mob was involved. Doesn't surprise me at all. All right. Cool, Beach. Well, this has been a great uh, episode number 48.
1: Yeah, lots of solar
0: flares, But we made it through. I just want to remind everyone, if you'd like to leave a comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there are a few ways to get in touch with us voicemail is 541-207-3586. Email us, HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com. You can follow me at HeinrichTailgater on Twitter and also check the HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. All right, Beach. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm
1: hoping we get some people to uh, contact us and maybe we can go right on Space Mountain with them.
0: Hey, you know, another thing we didn't talk about, Beach, was uh, the stickers you had done. They turned out great. I thought so. I just put mine on the back
1: of my pickup today. I had to clean my back window off.
0: Nice, 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 nice. I'm going to put mine on and... um, I. I gave one to Peyton. He put it right on the front of one of his books. It's covered, so he nice. put it on the front. He's like, "Can I put it on my book?" I was like, "Oh heck yeah, fly your colors, baby." So, uh, and Ginger has uh, said that she forgot to come up and tell you that you were awesome, but she did it on Facebook. So I said, "We so she should know that we will be giving her a sticker." Yes.
1: Is she going to be showing up to the next tailgater, or are we going to have to throw that one in the
0: mail? Um, to hopefully, she'll be showing up, but we can mail it to her either way. She can just let us know. You know, maybe.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say just just tell us on Facebook, Ginger, after you listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. what you'd like okay, us to do. There you
0: go. All right, uh, just want to remind everybody to show up for number sh- show forty-nine next week. Uh, we'll be reviewing week five, previewing week six, and looking at the Beavers going to Colorado. We have a, a new town to talk about. We can Talk about Boulder and all the things you can do in Boulder, other than smoke weed. Nice. So maybe we'll do the top seven munchies in boulder i don't know anyways beach uh it's been a great one let's hope the bees go to 4-0 after this week let's get ready with a great big go bees nice I like this new uh, call recorder I got it's a lot better Hmm. let me know when you're ready
1: okay I'm gonna I got yeah I'm ready when you are big boy (laughs) you sexy bitch